0: Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network, earbudsnetwork.com.
1: Welcome to Buena Vista Socialist Club, episode twenty-three. Uh, I am Andrew, and I'm here with all my friends, all my friends like Ben. Hello, <laughs> and Theo. Hey. And famous Twitch streamer, Lucy.
2: Hey, that's me. So famous. 150 followers. Yeah,
1: I am... Um, I, I... Whoa! <laughs> it's always as many as we have Patreons. Oh, we have slightly more than that, for the record. We do. All right, no it's need almost. to brag. <laughs> hey, look, what am just saying. We're established. We're established. Uh, it's all downhill from here. That sense. Yeah. Yeah. How's everybody's weeks been... Not bad Yeah Mm. Very middling From the sounds of it Mm, Yeah
0: (laughs) It's exam Mm. season baby Let's uh Hell
2: yeah Let's
0: get those Suicidal thoughts gone. Well That's what you get For trying to live your
1: dreams That's true (laughs) Whatever those Nebulous shitty dreams are (laughs) Uh, And of course As usual It's been another Gigantic clusterfuck In the world Of Australian politics um, I'm frankly finding it hard to keep up with at this point. Mm. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to find it h- hard to to have a normal life with a normal human brain and keep up with Australian politics simultaneously.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Hmm. Uh, so, I would say the thing that's been, you know, top of the line um, for the last week is is... The ongoing citizenship, or as I've taken to calling it, citizenship saga. Oh, wait, hang on. Thank you, him.
3: I don't want to be pedantic, but um, you yep. you said uh, citizenship with a T. It's
1: it's citizenship, ship with a P. Well, let me explain it to you, my friend. Mm-hmm. That is in fact a clever portmanteau. It's a merging of two words into one. Mm. One of the words is citizenship. The other is Bullshit, because that's what it is. No, that's circus. That's circus that we call parliament. It's uh, no, it's it's citizenship with a P. I'm
0: actually with Ben on this one.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Look, the English language is an ever-evolving thing. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I deny it hasn't that. changed and it never will. It never will. Um, right, can, can we what about the citizenship of fools? How about that? Would that make you happier?
3: Yeah, that's not bad. That's all right.
1: Oh. I still I still want to say citizenship. Well,
3: that's not how the word said, so it would be weird for you to say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, you know, it's been it's been full bore as usual. Um, Senate President Stephen Parry uh has resigned. Um, he was pretty roundly criticized uh, for seemingly just kind of waiting with that one under his hat until... Although not quite under his hat. Mm, just leaking out from under his hat, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you kind of waited on that one until the high court decision, and then you went, uh, me too, I guess, <laughs> uh, which is a good look. I really liked, there was another report from um, someone from, someone from Labour who said that the Prime Minister called their office just for a casual chat, and then during the chat he went, oh yeah, so you got all your citizenship stuff in order? And she went, pardon? And he went, maybe you should think about referring yourself to the High Court, see ya. So he's getting, he's getting really, he's getting weird by this point. John Alexander also resigned. So they're they're dropping like flies. And this one's particularly important because um, beloved pseudo-Australian Russell Crowe weighed in on this one. Uh, Russell Crowe posted on Twitter. So, John Alexander, who played Davis Cup tennis representing Australia, received the order of Australia and the Australian sports medal is now not Australian enough to sit in parliament hashtag absurd.
2: Good on him. He's got, he's got a point there.
3: I really look forward to uh, clicking on the word absurd that he's hashtagged and seeing all of the other great content uh, that has been marked that way. It's a really convenient way for him to have done that, to let me find that other content.
1: Well, yeah, to let you know um, what kind of thing is, is sitting in the same ballpark as the situation he has described. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'd say to Russell... Um, you're not even really Australian, are you, buddy?
3: Is he claiming to be?
1: Well, look, he's he's clearly speaking on behalf of all of Australia. Yeah. No, that's um, true. And also, well, is he, is he is he an Australian citizen? I don't know. Ugh. I don't know actually. You probably have to be to own like part of the South Sydney Rabbitohs or whatever.
3: Probably, there's uh, absolutely no way that's
1: true. Hmm. Well, I think you're right. Look, so it's gone from bad to worse for our old pal, Malcolm Turnbull, who seems as though he is uh, steadily losing the plot. Um, and and the majority it just got announced, as well, right? Yeah. That's, they went yeah. down
3: from 75 to 74,
1: 76
3: to 74, whatever. Mm-hmm. They've got less than half.
1: Yeah, they the went seats. down from the bigger numbers to the smaller number.
3: Yeah, that checks out. <laughs>
1: We run a lot of stats on this show. We're
3: very numbers heavy. We're like freakonomics.
1: We do the real research. Mm. Um, so it was announced today by, I think, uh, Christopher Pine doing his rounds uh, that's, that the Liberals are going to uh, forego the long standing tradition of not using your numbers in Parliament to refer. Um, people from the opposition to the High Court. So basically they've said anyone from the Labour Party that we think um, has a shadow of doubt lingering over them about this citizen shit saga. This citizen shit sandwich. Oh,
2: God. I, uh, it's no, it's not going to happen.
1: Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a word. <laughs> <this laughs> citizenship sandwich. Uh, that's the title of the episode right there. Uh so yeah basically they're going to break a very long standing convention and um start just referring people uh to the high court probably on the hope that they are found ineligible to be in their seats look I'm not a legal
3: scholar but mm-hmm. is there anything to stop them from referring literally all of them on the off chance <laughs> that you know there's like a few hidden ones in there
1: Well maybe um You know, there's certainly been a very, very notable absence of um, Labour politicians in this Mm -hmm. batch of people who are getting found to be ineligible for their seats. Um, I'm wondering if Turnbull is kind of headed for a repeat of the situation he found himself in with uh, opposition leader Bill Shorten a couple of weeks ago when he said, Why don't you prove that you're a citizen? And Bill Shorten said... You're saying I'm not a citizen. Why don't you prove that I'm not a citizen? And he went, oh, he won't even prove that he's a citizen. Oh, it's a big deal. And he kept kicking up a stink. Uh, and he walked right into a, a big big pit full of shit. When Bill Shorten got up in Parliament and went, here you go. Here's my papers. I'm a citizen. Uh, why don't you now also prove the same thing about all of all of your people <laughs> who are currently under a cloud? And he went, "That's that's different. So the question I've I've got is why, why have
0: none of the Labour people been hit yet? What, what makes Labour different from every other sitting party at the moment? Have they just crossed the T's
1: and dotted the I's? The suggestion that I've heard is that Labour's pre-selections are particularly brutal. You mean they've gone um, so down the
0: form and they've hit what I understand to be the first or the second checkbox... <laughs> Where it says, are you a and citizen? Went, oh, well, uh, yeah, I am. I thought, well, uh, sorry. Maybe we should find out. Them's the rules.
3: I assume yes, they just um, uh, thin each other out because the whole labour process is so awful that if any potential candidate can find a single floor in another potential candidate before they even go through labour pre-selection, they weed it out then.
1: Yeah, it makes Just sense. Just exploited to the fullest.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it sounds right. Um But yeah, it's uh it's entirely possible that maybe they have actually done what you described, Theo, and looked at the stat deck that you sign saying uh, I am definitely a sole citizen of this country in which I'm running to be an elected <laughs> representative and then uh checked. Maybe. It's just crazy enough to work. That's what I think.
3: Do you think also, I like, think it might help that all the libs are rich people, and nearly all rich people in Australia have like one British parent or whatever.
1: <laughs> Very much. Um, now there was another issue this week uh, in in the in the ballpark of candidate vetting, candidate vetting of a different kind um, with a party that's has shown itself to have a long and proud tradition of um, not vetting its candidates at all on even the most surface level kind of fashion. I would disagree with that, and I would, I would say that they're taking an
0: agile approach and they are vetting candidates <laughs> in real time on camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I would go further eight, than that and say that they do have a vetting process, except they just they don't actually understand what looks bad. So they see <laughs> all of this, and they're like, oh, well, okay, he's got one photo where he mowed a swastika in his lawn, but it's not that big of a deal. And then when the media sees it, they're like, oh, shit, hang on. He was doing a salute as well, so it was... It, yeah, we probably should have checked that one.
1: The party of which we speak is, of course... Um, uh, ben and Theo's beloved Queensland institution, One Nation. I mean, sorry, seems... sorry. Pauline Hanson's One Nation. You can't call Fawn, it... Fon, yeah. Just, mm. Yeah, Fon. Yeah, you can't call it regular old One Nation anymore. Mm-hmm. It is It is One Nation that belongs to a woman and that woman is Pauline Hanson. Um, so pretty yeah, feminist uh, in that uh, regard then.
0: Yeah, I think a feminist
1: party. Mm. Um, look, we've delved pretty extensively into this in the past with a friend of the show Matt Brady I believe it was episode 5 in which we did a did a rundown of um of recently failed candidates from that party and the uh, ridiculous things which they had failed for um which much like the incident we're about to talk about just seemed like a, a very simple matter of did anybody in the party when they accepted this person's nomination do anything like maybe click once on their Facebook page <laughs> Or actually run that police check that the person signed permission for, I'm assuming? Uh, and the answer to all those things is constantly no. No. Nobody knows anything about these people. Which leads me to believe a theory that I've heard posited in the past, which is that um, One Nation candidates are actually self-vetting. Which is that people who are asked to run for One Nation... Uh, Say so, yeah, I'll think about it, and then they meet some people from the party, and if they are uh, sane, they go, "Oh fuck no."
0: Yeah, I mean, fuck I think no. The, do I want anything to do with this party? The One Nation um, people that would be vetting are too busy taking national media appearances on morning shows that they just keep giving mm. to them uh, photo ops with Burger Urge and. Mulaney Dairies, uh, so they've got a pretty pretty full schedule. Being racist in public that can't be, you know, spent, you know, doing faggy stuff like paperwork.
1: Mm. Uh, Pauline herself has a full schedule of things like uh, burka shopping for, <laughs> uh, you know, burka shopping for her her very clever photo opportunities. I, w- I wonder how that, that happened. Like- Who
3: did they get to buy the burka? <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, you would have, you would have, you would have assumed that at some point somebody from the party had to make first-person contact mm. with a Muslim.
2: Well, I think they ordered because, it online. Doesn't look very
3: good quality. You
0: don't want to get your size wrong. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because
0: otherwise, can you imagine the just the look on their face? Like, yeah, like you said, walking into a, a store and interacting <laughs> with an actual Muslim person. Uh, mm-hmm. Can we get one of the? Can we get one of the headdresses? You know, the dresses that start at your mm. head and go to your feet. One of the, uh,
3: the
1: black the...
0: ghost <laughs> costumes, please. <Yeah. laughs>
1: What's the one that your people hate wearing the most? <laughs> we want one of them, but it's for a good reason. Yeah. I'm not being forced to do it like you folk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pauline. So um, you know there was a there was a beautiful beautiful press conference that took place this week, uh, in which Pauline Hanson was um, you know as the as the national leader of the party was helping to bolster the chances of one of their local candidates, uh, Mark Thornton, and it took quite a turn when uh, a journalist who apparently had taken the time and effort to. Click once on his Facebook page, Um, had found out some extra details about this guy, and it was pretty good. Um, Let me just play a short clip of that to you right now. What association do you have with Cupid's Cabin? It's an adult shop I own. You own that
3: adult shop? Yep. Do you monitor the Facebook posts on that adult
0: shop? No, that's run by my partner. Okay.
3: So on that Facebook site, it says Good Sections grey area between tickle fight and domestic violence, what do you make of that? Oh, I haven't seen that one mate but uh, that probably comes back to your Fifty Shades of Grey type that's
2: <laughs> out there. Yeah right,
3: <laughs> another one said wow. the couple of weeks can lower what? a man's risk of heart disease.
0: Can I, actually, can I actually, uh, I'm not aware of this, can you tell me what site it is, where it's from and what it's in relation no, to? Cuba, Facebook, hey. What site is Facebook?
3: No, a business that your candidate asks, <laughs>
1: uh, there's others on here, at least it's not texting because that would be dangerous, a pretty precarious photo on the Facebook page. <laughs> it's great stuff. Um, and look, I, I very, very strongly recommend that you watch the video of this because what's really great about it is um, uh, watching just all the faces on screen yeah. from Pauline Hanson's like, concerned brow furrowing, just trying to figure out what the fuck is happening to the candidate himself who has these slow wheels turning where you can see him slowly coming to the conclusion that maybe I should have told someone about this. Uh, but the star of the show is the lady standing just behind and between the two of them, who has has the most um, perplexed look of concern on her face that just deepens and deepens as this three minutes elapses. Uh, it's very great stuff. I'll link to it in the episode description because it's really worth seeing. Um and as I've seen people say about this, uh, imagine getting disendorsed halfway through the press conference.
2: Oh, God bless One Nation.
0: So is is he... I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but has he been officially disendorsed to anyone's understanding or are we just sort of like waiting to see if no, it blows think, over?
1: I think that she has said that she, she will not disendorse him over the... Um, I think she said that she won't disendorse him over the over the the sex shop, and look, I should say from my own perspective, I don't think anyone needs to get disendorsed over over owning and running a sex shop or whatever. Uh, it's just that that would it would be far less funny if you were like from a party that actually had like sex positive values, absolutely, and wasn't yeah. yeah, wasn't masquerading as some kind of family friendly traditionalist. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and, and I think yeah, I don't think anyone would
0: is or anyone worth listening to is jumping on the sex shop stuff. Um, I mean, the domestic violence joke is probably you know it's not great, but from you know, a lot of people probably probably doesn't even register, but to not know about this and not have a response to it and not do even the mildest amount of background work, I think, is <laughs> very funny.
1: But how many times have they been how stung many times? by exactly mm. this? Hey, here's a Fos- F- Facebook post of your candidate who has mowed a giant swastika into his lawn (laughs) and is giving a Hitler salute, and this is on his Facebook page. Oh. Hey, here's a candidate of yours posting all over Facebook about how the Port Arthur massacre didn't happen and was a false flag.
2: Oh, I forgot about that one.
1: Yeah, see, that's... That's... Yeah. That's a bit of fun. Well, um, the the same guy... Well, the... That guy's um, Port Arthur truther stuff was actually like a secondary thing to him posting the picture of... if I'm sure everybody remembers that particularly um, heartbreaking photo of the little Syrian refugee boy dead on the beach face down. Mm-hmm. That That was what that dude had started off posting about saying that wasn't even real. It was a posed photo designed mm-hmm. to garner sympathy for, you know, Muslim queue-jumping refugees and all the sort of fucking horrible stuff. But again, how hard is it? Apparently it's pretty hard. Apparently. Yeah. So, good week for One Nation, as usual. Um, Actually, I I retract my sarcasm on that one. It actually is, unfortunately, a good week for One Nation (laughs) because there is a Queensland election happening. How's that one going, boys? Yeah. Uh, not good. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, two Queensland correspondents going to weigh in on this one? Yeah, I mean...
0: Um, you don't want to beat around the bush. It is This is not going to be uh, good for um, anybody who is still stuck in this nightmare state because it's way too more expensive to live anywhere else. Um, so... We were discussing Logan City has a 33% swing uh, to uh, One Nation. Um, now, I guess the only good news like in, in all this, and there's, there's similar swings, you know, I think that's the biggest one, but there's similar swings uh, all over. I think the only good news out of this is that they are um, cannibalizing votes from the uh, LNP, um, but that only has a cosmetic difference because, uh, as people are probably very aware, um, the LNP have preference deal um, with One Nation um, above Labour. So any votes that they, that they do cannibalise go right back into the same stinking pool of dog shit that is the Queensland government's ever-ongoing journey to the right um and i mean fuck the even the labor party you know labor party have tried to pull the same thing but of course people if you're not going to vote labor you're not going to vote labor you know it's going to uh if they got a choice between a a party that's pretending to be a little bit right wing on stuff and the actual real stinking article they're going to choose the latter every time you know so I think it's going to be uh, very, very messy and uh, will shake things up on a federal level
1: um, for quite some time. Gross. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, when do you think, like, centre-left uh, political parties and governments are going to learn this whole thing that if they try to court right-wing votes by... Moving to becoming like a centre right or a right wing party, that they just completely fuck themselves because uh, left wing voters don't want to vote for a centre right party, and right wing voters don't want to vote for for what they are told is a left wing party masquerading as a right wing party. Yep, absolutely. It just never fucking works out for them.
0: Yeah, but but the thing is like for like a, a party like the labor party i think moving back to the left would be would involve admitting uh, mistakes uh would would involve going over um some of their old ground and um i think if you're a labor politician um you were born into shame uh and you live a life of shame uh and so the concept of having to go well well maybe our stuff on on refugees uh is actually inhumane and beyond the pale uh that would be you know having to kind of uh admit stuff whereas you know people people on the right would just happily just you know blast straight through any any past mistakes because you never want to look backwards you know it's um so they are destined to continue i guess losing votes in this in this fashion for now until
1: um i don't know until we all die uh, look, why would you change direction when you could spurk for the Adani coal mine instead? Yeah, it's a baffling,
0: baffling timing in, in Queensland for uh, many, many reasons. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think the Adani, the Adani thing on a, on a practical level has, um, I guess, emptied any kind of moderate um, support um, that they might mm. have within within Queensland, and then where you know where are those people going to spill over to? Um, it's well, it's not it's not Labor, and, and they don't have the numbers for anyone in the Greens to really get up in a meaningful fashion. So it's you know, it's it's a lose lose situation, and it's truly just a, a ongoing baffling situation that that they would um, destroy. Uh, the Labour Party over, you know, um, over this coal mine.
1: Uh, Ben, are you still comfortable calling Queensland God's country in your own words? Uh, Look, (laughs) when I said that,
3: uh, no, it's still great. You just have to ignore the people and the politics uh, and... uh, (laughs) Uh, about 90% of the state but other than that perfect in every way completely flawless wouldn't live anywhere else anywhere anyone that does is a fool um, mm. and I stand behind that
1: yeah hey uh, hey, Lucy since I moved mm. away from Melbourne I have not kept any kind of eyes on state politics how's old mate Dan Andrews doing?
2: Dan Andrews is fantastic he keeps uh, reforming the rental laws to fuck over landlords and if you go mm. on his Facebook you oh, can yeah. just check out a bunch of really mad landlords that Mad that tenants are allowed to have pets and can't get evicted for no reason. It's fantastic. Oh, imagine them, yeah, imagine what
0: the whirlpool forums would look like right
1: now. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Love Dan oh, I, want, oh, there you go, I want those
3: pet laws so bad. I just I want a fucking dog and I can't do it because it's impossible to rent if you have one. Just please Dan well, Andrews somehow become our premier <laughs> as well. Give us the Maybe fucking you good move shit. Th- no. So we
1: should move to beautiful grey Melbourne. Beautiful not a Melbourne. fucking chance. <laughs> That's
3: right. I like the sun. It's really nice.
0: Look, I see, I don't never heard like of the sun, so I don't know why I'm here.
1: <laughs> Do not care for this sun? Uh, okay. Well, moving on, we had some other important events um, in the country this week. Uh, Malcolm Turnbull has been in Vietnam. For some kind of very important political conference, and this isn't Donald a metaphor. There.
3: You're describing of him like being in Nam right now. He <laughs> was he was literally in the country of Vietnam.
1: He's in Vietnam, like he's he's deliberately staying in Vietnam to avoid coming back to the uh, clusterfuck that waits for him here. So that's the how opposite bad it is of draft dodging. He would literally <laughs> rather rather be in Nam than dealing with his shit in Australia. um but look, you know, I don't want to really get into the real politics, because uh, that shit is boring. What I want to get into is something that came up on Malcolm Turnbull's Snapchat, in which he said, Ooh, I'm having my first ever barn me. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
2: Oh, God.
1: Uh, how? Yeah, one, how... Yeah, how can you be like a middle upper class uh, Australian person who has somehow managed to avoid having a fucking barn me for your entire life? Uh, the worst part is that he like he cast the whole thing in this like globalist frame where it was like ah Australian wheat in a French style baguette in Vietnam. Oh, that oh just God. shows what international markets are all about. Yeah, and what were the yeah. f-
0: what, what was the French influence doing there in Vietnam? Let's just yeah. connect those little those little dots.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I personally love to keep refugees in a hell prison island while chowing down on a dish that was brought to Australia by Vietnam refugees.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, they're the they're the good refugees. Oh Come yeah, on. yeah, they happened in the past. <laughs> mm. As we all know, Australia has a proud tradition of um, accepting, you know, large groups of immigrants from particular areas and appreciating their food and all that sort of stuff. And also, we we just kind of blank out that first five or ten years of that group coming here. Well, we hated them. And then everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like when uh, when when Greek people and Chinese people and Vietnamese people started coming here on mass, I'm sure that everything was absolutely fine.
2: Oh, it was great. Welcome they were lovingly
1: welcomed into every Australian community, <clears throat> and now we've got tasty food. But not the other ones, not the ones we don't like that we put in the camps. That's oh, different.
2: Totally. How has he not had to hmm. ban me before?
1: Yeah. How can he be um, that out of touch? Look, Dear friend of the show, Tal Waterhouse, though, has requested for for our international listeners um, a primer on what a banh mi is and what makes them so tasty. Oh, it's so good. They are so good. Now, I'm just. Yeah, well, I'm going to hit you guys with a little fact here um, that banh mi is the Vietnamese word for bread. Hmm. So it it is interchangeable, both the name of the dish and just the single sized um, baguette.
3: That's uh. A, me. What's that? That word? It's the name of that movie. Synecdoche? Is that what that is? Sy- when sy- 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 synecdoche? You yep. can describe a thing by just a component of that thing. That's that.
1: Oh, it's like um, like dim sum. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Do you, do you want to explain that? What? Well, <laughs> no, you you know how people call like a, a, a like you know what the Australian understanding of a dim sim is. mm Hmm. Um, but the actual thing is dim sum, which is the whole blanket term for all of the, like, little single, single serving sized, like, buns and dumplings and all that sort of stuff that you get at Yum Cha. Hmm. All of that stuff is dim sum. I hope so. I fucking hope so. I would am in you. trouble if not. I,
3: I'm not going <laughs> to look that up. That's, it's not You'll worth be my in trouble. time. trouble. Uh, but I will tell I so. everyone and then say that you told me.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for believing me. If there's one lesson that we've learned from the last um, however long that, that things have been popping off in, in pop culture, it is believe men. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, dim sum is a style of Chinese cuisine prepared as small bite-sized portions of food served in small steamer baskets or on small plates. Well then. Whew, I'm wiping my sweaty brow right now. <laughs> my sweaty, potentially racist brow. I would, uh, I would Boy, contend fine. that
3: that's not an example of synecdoche, though. Uh,
1: it's yeah, well, it's like maybe uh maybe it's not.
3: If you refer to a, to a car as like that's my wheels, that would be synecdoche because the wheel is a. It's more, yeah. All right, I'm getting. uh, You can't see this because this is a a form of digital radio. I'm getting very weird looks at the podcast. (laughs) I've decided not to pursue that tangent any further.
1: (laughs) All right, number one, do you own a car? Well, I've owned a a car in the past. (laughs) How often did you refer
3: to that car as your wheels? All the fucking time. It was my wheels, my Mm. whip, my beast, my uh, my lady.
1: What about that character in the original um What about the character in the original Degrassi Junior High series who was uh disabled and in a wheelchair and his name was Wheels.
3: That's uh that's also How an d- example of Synecdoche. <laughs> 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 All
0: right. I'll take it. Hmm. All right, so hang on a bond me. Right. It's good.
1: Back to the bond me. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's have we've we've totally changed courses here. Let's come back to the primer. Yeah. Uh, the primer is that it is a delicious uh, French-style baguette. Let's not get into where the French influence comes into it. It's unpleasant. You can watch uh, you can watch the director's cut of Apocalypse Now mm. if you like.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: If you haven't, the please whole, do. Whole yeah, that's got the whole French plantation deleted scene. Uh, good scenes. Oh, yes. Good scenes, good French characters. Get into them, mm, but they're see. missing from the theatrical release. Yeah. Uh, look, you know you can get yourself some some roasted roasted pork belly on there. Sometimes it's steamed. There's mm. a lot of pork. There's mm. the pork pate, spreadable pork liver pate. Maybe a bit of pork floss. Uh, some vegetables. You got to have your chili on there. Yep. Yeah, you pickled have uh, carrots. Uh, oh. Can't be can't be any punk bitch going in there and saying. No chili on mine things. Hmm. Well, I asked I for handle. half chili. Yeah. <laughs> Barn me too spicy. Theo, I'm pretty sure that you've
3: we've gone to the, the Barn Me place around the corner from my house and every time you have abstained from getting chili.
0: No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I get half chili. No. I'm not gonna stand for this, I get half chili. Even a half, is half chili, chili is bad. Yeah.
3: Like no one has ever asked for that before. You are the only person that comes in <laughs> and they see you Look. and they're like, Oh god, it's the half chili guy.
0: I'm, I'm trying to wait. get better But I admit where I am today Which is not, not no chilli, not full chilli It's half chilli, okay I,
3: I think I would prefer chili, to chi- hear this As an 800 word medium piece That you've written about how you're improving <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to do better It doesn't acknowledge me That, that I've denied getting no chilli For the last six months And ruined the careers of anyone who has
1: it sounds like um, Theo is saying that he's trying to work on his tolerance for other cultures. I am. That's
3: right. It's good that we like can finally wha- confirm on air that he has up until now been extremely racist. Very,
1: Very. intolerant. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to work up my tolerance for the Vietnamese. Uh, look, it's delicious stuff. It's delicious stuff. You forgot, a, uh, you've you uh, you forgot a smearing of you butter. Best part, oh. I reckon. Mm. So much butter So much mm. Look Theo Like chili on one of these Is often just like I'm gonna say like You know Four to six Small circles Of sliced chili
0: Oh uh, no no I've got um, So this place um, There's a If you're in Brisbane There's a A, a really good little Vietnamese um Like um, fast food place in um, Roma Street Station. That's the only good thing. In the, Roma the one Street Vietnamese place. place. Yep. Yep, in Roma Street <laughs> Station, uh, and they do um, theirs is actually like a pickled chili. It comes out in like a they spread it out with a spoon, and it's uh, Ooh. Qu- too spicy. So it, look, just it <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you for actually saying too spicy. <laughs> Oh, what a plane noise we're getting there. <laughs> yep, I'm assuming it's not going to be picked up on the other mic. That's one
0: of the three planes flying into the Brisbane airport today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, look, it's delicious. It's a delicious food. Um we strongly strongly recommend it. We're not going to get into any any coriander talk. Oh, you got to have shitloads of coriander on there. Yeah, you got to have it. coriander on it, so obviously have it. It's not
3: for debate because that's a given.
1: So why would we shy away from that? Yep, absolutely. Lucy, how do you feel about coriander?
2: I love the coriander. i live for it. Put a pilot on there.
1: All right. Mm. We have full consensus on the podcast today, folks. Uh, Wow. If you ask them to not put coriander on your banh mi, you're a fucking fool. And racist. You're banned from the show. Very racist. You are racist Mm.
2: if you don't like coriander.
1: If you even come in here trying to call it cilantro... Mm. Jesus Christ.
3: I had a hell time in America uh, trying to just deliberately avoid situations where I would have to say the fucked American <laughs> versions of things. <laughs> I, will I, I will never say basil. I will never say that in my life.
0: Or uh, red pepper for the large sweet vegetable that is not hot. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm.
1: A bell pepper. A bell pepper.
0: Yeah. Unbelievable. What the
1: fuck America. Ugh, oh, ridiculous. Extra cilantro and basil, oregano. Terrible! What the mm. fuck? Ah. Love those herbs.
3: Uh.
1: Did you have to call? Yeah, did you have to call like a, a waiter, a server?
3: No, that did not come up. Because I was eating it's out good. of bins, so I wasn't. I wasn't really <laughs> near any restaurants or cafes or anything.
1: <laughs> I did, oh, uh, so w- you got to you got to you got to avoid the tipping conversation then?
3: Well, yeah, that I was that the first time i ever went to the states i was genuinely terrified of that because i am uh, a tiny baby who gets crippling social anxiety about even things i fully understand and just like the <laughs> slight differences in social mores will just make me like crumble like you know mm. i'll like anytime i had to say something i was sort of unsure about about what they would call something i'd say it really tentatively And quietly, I guess, as a result of my fear. And then they wouldn't hear me because of a combination of that and my accent. And then when they asked me what I said, I would just get like terrified and then stop trying to ask what I was asking because I got too nervous. Uh,
1: I love being alive. It's great. Yeah. I remember um, uh, being in the States when I was like 12 and um, being in a fast food restaurant. Uh, and I wanted after i 'd had my meal, I wanted another serve of curly fries because i 'm a big boy <laughs> and um And I went to the counter and said, "One more curly fry please and um And the lady working behind the counter said in a thick hispanic accent, a phrase which I had never heard uttered before in my life, which was to go um but in her accent, it sounded like she was saying to go and i i i didn't know what was happening at all and i said what and this lady said to go and i said what they said to go and i said what and she said to go and i said what and she said to go and i said what and you'll never guess what she said after that she said get out of here you racist child and i said what and we would have been there for hours We would absolutely have been there for hours We might be here for hours Yeah, if if one of my parents hadn't come over And just said, yes (laughs) Yes, please (laughs) So I had no idea what was happening Because what do people people say in Australia? Take away Mm. Have here or take Mm. away As God intended Mm. Yep I was not prepared I was not prepared for that clash of cultures Um, But I was a child I was not an adult man traveling overseas (laughs) unable to say different phrases
3: look we all of us have our weaknesses mine is uh living in the world as it stands in any fashion
1: yes being spoken to by people that you have not already known for years and years look it's tough it's awful
2: i agree it's bad
1: well, I mean, you made a great choice then um, to travel overseas for months at a time by yourself being forced to interact with people you don't know about things you don't understand at all points.
3: Well, that was kind of deliberate. I, I was just hoping that if I force myself to do things that make me uncomfortable enough, I'll eventually be fine with them. Like, this is a, a wonderful example. So, again, not, not saying that this is normal, uh, justifiable behavior, but yeah, any new situation I just get very, very uncomfortable with uh, the, uh, like, FPOS machines at service stations in the States are all very fickle because you have to pay in advance at the pump and some of them require a five-digit zip code for your card, which, uh, as, uh, because zip code? Australian cards don't have them, so you can't actually use them, or it's, well, which is not true. Some of them, if you put in five zeros and your thing doesn't have a zip card, it'll work or whatever. Anyway, it basically meant that I was just keeping a list in my head of the service stations that I knew I could use because I didn't want to go through the interaction of paying inside for some reason because it made me really nervous to the point that the first time I did the trip, I was like getting like I had the thing on empty and I would see a service station be like, oh no, that's, what, that's not one of the brands that I know works and then keep driving just sort of praying that I would see the one that I needed next. Uh, never backfired. Surprisingly, but it definitely put me in a lot of uh, very unnecessarily hairy situations because I'm
1: dumb as shit. Hmm. Millennials, man. Millennials. Oh, my
3: God, we are the worst. Especially me. Yeah. Mm.
1: I saw that thing the other day. Uh, well, it was several weeks ago now saying, um, you know, most millennials uh, just like wouldn't answer the door if they weren't expecting someone and yeah. someone came to their door.
0: And yeah, everyone yeah. just replied going like, why the fuck would you answer your door? Like, there's nothing good there on the other side. Mm. What possible good well, yeah. thing could there be when I open the door?
3: I have to I, do I it. I saw that. Because you could see into my apartment. There's no way someone <laughs> could go to my door
0: and not know that I'm there. It's just waving Ooh. through one of your many open windows.
3: Oh, actually, so oh. one time uh, when I first started, like, making pot brownies at home one of the you know like the first 30 to 50 nights that i ate some i had far too much because you know it's a it's a learning process one of those nights i had decided to take some after i finished work which is at like 11 p.m so i ate two fell asleep before they kicked in but then got woken up at 3 a.m by someone like hammering on my back door and i was like i'm probably imagining that because i'm fucking high as shit right now (laughs) let it go for a while he just kept hammering and then he started like yelling and he was like yelling out some other dude's name and I'm like I already get really paranoid when I get high so I just assumed that all of this was like me hearing some noise from next door or whatever and then inventing the scariest possible scenario out of it but he just kept going and he was there for like an hour until I just had to be like uh, like I was still lying in bed because I was too high to get up but luckily my apartment very small make any noise <laughs> someone at the door will hear it I was just like um, hi and he was like is James there I was like no no James lives here or has lived here he's uh, like is he your neighbour I'm like no they're... I'm the only person that lives in this building he's like "Oh, <laughs> why didn't you answer the door earlier and I was like uh, I... I... I was asleep and then he walked it's a off. range
1: of issues I'll have to detail for you <laughs> it's a very
3: long story but uh, please go away uh, that was horrifying that was
1: oh my goodness uh,
3: like, yeah, I was sort of very convinced that I was going to be murdered. Uh, don't do drugs.
1: Mm. Just kidding. Drugs I are knock really at the good. Door. Yeah, definitely do, do drugs. drugs but, heaps. Um, I got a I knock at the door the other day and, um, like all of us, immediately jumped like a cat and went, what the fuck? Uh, and I went to the door and it was uh, this lady who just keeps harassing me about my cat. Um... And by harassing, I mean uh, she, just, she, she has phoned us previously because of the number on our cat's tag and said, I'm just worried about your cat. It's very, very friendly. And I just, I see it out. I'm just worried about it getting hit by a car. It just, it hell? comes over to me. It crosses the street and I'm just worried. And I'm like, the cat's an adult. Leave the cat alone. It's fine. <laughs>
2: it's a cat. Jesus.
1: Yeah, she came to, the, came to the door again the other day and the cat... I can see the cat in the background. Uh, like, she's talking to me. The cat is right there, lying on the driveway in the sun, completely relaxed. She's like, I'm really worried about your cat. Uh, it, it just... It comes out and it follows me. It It's really friendly and gets pats. And then it follows me, like, across the street. I'm like, this cat has been alive for a long time, fucking around near roads. Uh, she is a car. and She just gets right the fuck out of the way.
3: Is this woman unfamiliar uh, with the concept of outdoor cats? Like... Mm. Cats are Apparently. fucking everywhere.
1: They're all over the place. Yep. Uh, couscous, our cat, she is outside all the time, just hanging out. Um, she gets about. She's no dummy. She just moved from, like, inner Melbourne. She was, she was living in Coburg next to a main road for, like, ten years. Totally fine. I think she can handle uh, a suburb in Canberra. She's good. Just leave my cat alone, lady. Stop calling me. Lady, if you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> please, please, please stop calling these people about their cat. Please
3: respect please. Couscous's boundaries. Mm. That's right. Couscous deserves to her be her. free.
1: Let her make her Sorry, own she's, mistakes. She's totally fine. Uh, look, we're going to come back to a recurring segment right now. And this segment is one that you know and love. And it's called... Warnie Watch, <laughs> and we got a new theme song for Warnie Watch. I'm gonna play it for you right now. Where in the world is Shane One? Shane One <laughs> is over here. Shane Warn. Now,
0: I love in saying this segment's name. You didn't go with the name that we've called it for the last month. And you didn't also yep. go with the new name that you proposed this morning, which is uh, Wide World of what? Where's Warney. You came up with yep. some other it's total tangent
1: name. That's just a song. That's just a song. It doesn't mean anything. Okay. Um, we, were, we were calling it Warney Watch previously, weren't we? No, we're, well, calling, we're calling it, it Where's Warney Where's Warney. Oh, I'm sorry everybody <laughs> uh, look I, I would also like to point out that
3: instead of uh, recording say a full theme song you <laughs> you recorded say a theme a song, song and then karaoke <laughs> to your own theme song live on the podcast
1: look, <laughs> oh my god uh, well look we can go two ways with this I can actually do um, a theme song or I can make a recording No let's just keep karaoke-ing. doing this let's just no, keep, every don't, time don't record anything every time
3: do it live okay. every damn time.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with that. Um so look, we don't have any super up-to-date news about Warney. Um uh as we discussed recently, all the all the charges were thrown out about him uh punching that porn star in the face or was she a prostitute? Which one was she? Who knows. Not to say he didn't do it though.
3: He he holds a lot of sway in with the eyes of law
1: though. Yeah. Yeah, look, he's living in the UK and we all we all know how the UK police will gladly treat a celeb.
3: They'll help them hide in an Ecuadorian embassy? Is that... Is that what they do? Uh, yeah, that, well...
1: You, yeah, you could also go down the uh, Jimmy Savile road of the police will consciously help you cover up a litany of crimes for decades if you're on the telly. Uh, so... Uh, no, no, very current news. But I did see an article um, which was pulled from the archives, uh, which was uh, Warnie telling telling the tale of the time that he sledged the South African cricket team so hard that one of them pulled a gun on him, uh, which I thought was worth mentioning. Um, now, before we begin, would anybody like to tell our international listeners uh, what sledging is? Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure they've got the same. Do they? surely in baseball
0: they would have the same thing where you've got your you've got someone who spends a, a long time behind the batsman um, you know like a wicket keeper in cricket or I believe that's the or catcher the, or the catcher <laughs> in yeah, I don't know who I'm getting to them we, um, right. and uh, short stop, if you will absolutely all of those uh, you know and you gotta you just gotta have some friendly jibes with the uh, um, with the batsman to put him off guard um I think my Ideally. favorite one they're yeah. going to be racist.
3: All of the great yeah. sledges uh, in yeah. Australian history have been deeply, deeply racist and said unapologetically and very loudly.
0: No, okay, so my favourite my favorite sledge, um, which, you know, maybe apocryphal, um, but it's assigned to um, Glenn McGrath. I can't remember who was batting, but Glenn McGrath was bowling, and first first ball of the match, uh, he says, hey, such and such, how's your wife and my kids?
2: <laughs> A classic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Classic. Classic cricket. Uh, yeah, so um, actually, please do write into the show if you have a oh, more please, specific American Please tell us. Yeah, term. Yeah, also, also the best sledges you know of. Mm. Yes, um, my entire understanding of American sports comes from the film Basketball.
0: Mm. It's like yes. basketball, um, really. Which is is oh. all just sledges.
1: Yeah, um, or psych-outs, psych-outs, if you will. Yes, um, I'd like to say I watched that movie recently because it was trending on Netflix. And you know what? Holds up. Shit's still good. That uh, that funny stuff. The scene in the hospital. Oh, it's great. It's all good stuff. I think I only realized really recently that it's um, directed by uh, uh, Jeff Zucker, who's the same guy who did like Flying High and Naked Gun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. Uh, I only realized that. Yeah, he means airplane. He means airplane. Yeah, um, the film airplane is
0: obviously. A Sorry, s- I'd, very I'd, simple I'd, man. I don't
1: know which one. I don't know which one is the proper one. Which one's the proper American one?
3: Airplane. Airplane is the name of that okay. film. Why did they
1: change it to Flying High in Australia? Because we're very
3: dumb. Uh, we also couldn't yeah, tolerate dumb. the film The Mighty Ducks being called The Mighty Ducks, so they called it Champions.
1: No. Really. Yep. Jesus. I feel like they changed that one. Uh, look, I've I've gone on about this at length. Um, On the internet, I've become very mad online in the past about the extremely dumb things that they have to rename uh, films for their release in Australia. And, like, I would understand it if they were really Americanized terms and the American release was titled one thing and then everything else, like everywhere else in the world, was titled something else. But it's very often specifically Australia, leading me to believe that the rest of the world thinks that we're pretty dumb. Yeah, I mean it was yeah.
0: super weird that they renamed Blade Runner to Drongo Robots. Um <laughs> and I don't really know what they were going for. Drongo Robots isn't the original title? No, it's Blade Runner in America. It's super weird. What about
3: did they do the same with the sequel? Drongo Robots a bit later?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I don't understand oh it because my Blade God. Runner doesn't even doesn't even make sense. Right? Oh, no, it's like Shock like How does a Robles, blade you know, run you know going into it what it is but yeah it's it's crazy
1: anyway uh, so look baseball baseball holds up it's good I'm into it uh so if you do have a more specific term for sledging in the American context, please let us know uh so I'll just read to you a bit from an article here about Shane Warne's legendary sledging uh it's not specifically referred to here but i'm going to assume it was pretty racist Mm. yeah like it's it's australians talking to people outside of their own country so come on
3: plus it's in australians in south africa which is like a like a
1: heightened nexus of racism well here's a little note that i appreciated so here we go uh, Australians have always been the unofficial kings of sledging in international cricket, and I suppose it's unofficial because it's not uh, an actual part of the sport. It's just being a dick. But sometimes getting under the opposition's skin can land you in some hot water. Shane Warne learned that the hard way against Africa during the Proteus World Tour in 1993-1994, the first time they played an official test series in Australia after a lengthy ban due to apartheid. <laughs> Like, this is the first thing they got outside of the country after that. The former Aussie spinner's tirade of sledges against the proteas was so brutal that it was only a matter of time before one of them bit back. All-rounder Brian McMillan, a target of Warns, that series, was so aggravated by his trash talk that he sent an ominous note to the spinner with a strong warning. It said, quote, Warnie, thousands of people go missing a day in South Africa. One fat leg spinner won't be missed. So good. End quote. Woo! Uh, on the matter, as Shane says, uh, quote, I thought nothing of it until we went to South Africa. It was lunch in Johannesburg, and we were just starting to tuck in when Macmillan stormed in wielding a gun, which he had borrowed from a policeman outside, shouting, Right! I've had enough of your Australians! It was scary for a second or two. Then we all laughed. End quote.
0: Wow. That's a pretty fickle <laughs> mood in the room. The gun, which he had borrowed from a policeman.
1: <gasps> yeah. I, I, like, I like that a cop would have been like, of course. Yeah. Of course, Brian. Yeah. Now, while we were talking about Warnie, uh Theo sent me a video because uh, he, remembered, he remembered his favorite Shane Warne-related controversy, which is known as the can't bowl, can't throw controversy. Uh, and this was a situation in which there was a um, there was a test match happening, and somebody was caught on a live mic, an effects mic on the field, saying about a a bowler can't bowl, can't throw, and a lot of accusations were were levelled that it was in fact dear friend of the show Shane Warney, Warne, who had said it. Uh, it got into a whole bunch of other stuff where. Um, a cameraman had to come for a Channel 9 cameraman had to come forward and say, no, it was in fact me who said it. And dear sweet Warney is innocent. Um, and, you know, it was on, it was on A Current Affair, a classic show, A Current Affair. Um, but on reviewing the video, there was a little wrinkle featuring another friend of the show uh, that we didn't even take into account. Let me just play the clip for you right now.
0: That, of course, wasn't the only thing that came out of the game. It's a match also remembered for Scott Muller's second test, and a much-publicised comment picked up on an effects microphone. Can't throw, can't bowl, the other way around In fact, can't bowl, can't throw. Initially, it was attributed to Shane Warne. Let's remind ourselves. Warne's consistently denied making this comment during the second test against Pakistan in Hobart.
3: You can't bowl, can't Despite an admission from cameraman Joe Privatera oh, no, that he made the remarks, federal labor MP Mark Latham believes both <laughs> are lying. Under parliamentary privilege, Mr Latham labeled the whole issue
1: a cover-up. Strikes me that Joe the cameraman is in fact Joe the patsy. Oh man, oh, old my God. friend Mark Latham. Maybe Just Mark was
2: always crazy.
0: Incisive well, political wit that is cutting through the bullshit. Addressing the real yep. issues.
1: A real outsider there. Um, I like the fact that he has used his parliamentary privilege. Uh, would anybody like to explain that for people who who don't know Australian politics? No good.
3: You can say whatever you want in the chamber, and they can't do shit to you. Yeah. Oh, except right, uh, the speaker or whatever can say, "Hey, don't, don't say that."
1: Hey, come on, <laughs> come on, mate. Mate, come on,
3: don't. That's defamation, except it's not because you've got parliamentary privilege. But don't... Don't you do it.
1: Yeah, so basically you can level accusations in a public forum that you would not be able to in any other way um, without being you know, sued for defamation or uh, whatever, as long as you do it under parliamentary privilege. You could,
3: for instance, um, go in there and uh, name a list of suspected pedophiles. Yeah.
2: Mm,
1: hell yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, dear friend of the show, uh, Darren Hinch. <laughs> He's born Hinch. for this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, does he still have a radio show? I
3: hope not. I don't, I don't think so. I don't know.
1: Let's hope not. Yes, Darren Hinch, uh, as soon as he became a senator?
3: Or yeah, senator. Senator.
1: Yep, he had threatened for... Uh, Quite a while to use his platform to uh, read out a list of people that he believed <laughs> to be pedophiles.
3: I wouldn't even say that he threatened to do it. He came campaigned on it. That was like a large oh. part of his
1: thing.
2: Yeah, naming pedophiles. What was the name of his
1: well, party? The
2: Just, Justice Justice party something. Darren Hinch will
1: publicly name pedophiles party. <laughs> yep. Uh,
3: I think it was the Darren Hinch Justice Party. Justice, yeah. or something, uh, and yeah. that is specifically what he was referring to.
2: Yep. Naming and shaming pedophiles.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh Well look, as a um you know, on a previous episode, Theo and I had to um publicly state the position of this podcast as an anti pedo podcast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can only say that I guess we endorse the Darren Hinch Justice Party? Sure.
2: Sure. Why not? Sure.
1: <laughs> yeah um don't look too far into that one anyone anyway I just thought it was uh i thought it was definitely um worth noting that uh weird cooked brain Ospol figure Mark Latham, who has of course completely gone off the deep end um been fired from all of his jobs and columns in mainstream media uh and so now considers himself an a quote unquote outsider uh who, yeah, he, he's he's now also working for the Canadian extremely racist right-wing uh, internet channel uh, Rebel TV. But yeah, even back then when he was a an, an elected member of the Labour Party, uh, he, apparently he chose to use his time and resources to do things like level accusations at cricket players that they were engaged in cover-ups.
3: Uh, yeah, he's he's clearly a man who has uh, grand designs. Always focused on the big picture. Uh, he just yep. wants what's best for Australia. He
1: does. not getting distracted by by weird by weird um, kooky hairbrain theories or by someone
3: saying they're going to ram him with their car. He certainly wouldn't <laughs> decide to get fully engaged with that for a number of days.
2: He definitely wouldn't. Yep. He definitely wouldn't wouldn't make fake accounts. Um, Well, Nikki got banned from Twitter for saying that she would ram Mark Latham with her car, which is fair enough. Which is really
3: difficult to explain to someone uh, the level of irony you're on where I'm going to ram ram you with my car. car. It's it's a pretty explicit threat.
2: It probably seems pretty explicit if you're not on that level of irony, I guess. Which
3: everyone should be
1: absolutely well otherwise you you wind up um, accidentally taking threats of antifa super soldiers mm-hmm. seriously holy shit there's a lot of banning
2: going on wild. on twitter at the moment
1: yep uh, shout out friend of the show Krang t nelson mm. for his for his accidentally uh, concocted gigantic antifa super soldier conspiracy theory
2: genius
1: Oh, good stuff. So, dear friend of the show, um, Nikki, formerly at Wine Mum on Twitter, um, as we have shouted her out many times on the show before. Um, I believe she is now on Twitter as uh, Nick underscore Bobbies. Um, so, you know, go go follow her if you followed her previously and now do not follow her because she has been banned from Twitter thanks to Mark Latham, cricket conspiracy theorist. Mm. Yeah, Poor Mark. and 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 amateur race scientist.
2: Mm.
3: <laughs> I would argue yeah. that it's actually quite difficult to be a professional race scientist.
0: Probably, yeah, market's pretty tough and tough at the moment. <laughs>
3: Oversaturated
2: uh, I market. Don't, I,
1: yeah, I don't know. I think that his calipers, that like he got out of like one of those gumball machines mm-hmm. or the claw, the claw machine. Um, they're not. They're not real skull calipers you know. mm. yeah mostly Robology we do um radicals. phrenology is largely digital these days <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so um you know that's the bunta crime pass for this week is um ram
2: mark Latham
1: theoretic- with your car theoretically and ironically ramming mark life with your car
2: i would i would say seriously literally
1: i'm so glad i'm not the one saying
3: <laughs> these this week
1: <laughs> just for once Just for once Ben isn't the one Urging a real And legitimate crime And then insisting That you will be Immunised from prosecution By the Punta Vista Crime Party yeah.
2: Not like a murder Just like Just hit him with the car Like a little bit
1: Oh like love tap him. like a nudge
2: Yeah like a little yeah. nudge A little love tap
3: Just carve him oh. Just like Get his Just get like The the inside of his
1: knee So he just kind of He does those yeah,
2: ones Yeah just so, so he falls oh. over a bit oh, I'm
3: racist
1: I'm falling <laughs> over you, I tell you what Let's split the difference, um, pull up alongside him at a moderate speed and open your car door so that it hits him. Because <laughs> that's mm. not—that's not—it's hardly fatal, especially for a man of his proportions. I would have thought that the damage would be worse to the door.
3: Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm. So uh, do or don't do that. And if you do do it, do or don't tell them that we told you to do it.
3: Well preferably don't. You I mean you, you have to tell them we told them so they know they have the crime pass.
1: Yeah, but I still haven't even done the certificates on the website. Oh, we should do that. You yeah, should. I gotta get under it. If only one of us was a professional graphic designer. <laughs> yep. Ah. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Um but I hear that Theo can use the GIMP. So absolutely cannot.
3: <laughs> mm. Look, I'm just saying it's free. All right? I didn't say it was good. Mm. You shouldn't Fuck. say it's good. The interface is bad. It does what you need. <laughs> some of the. No, it doesn't. Some of the online ones have upper limits on the size of canvas you can use, which is not particularly helpful. <laughs> All right? So that's why GIMP sometimes is good to have if you don't have Photoshop. For fuck's sake.
1: Look, I've. I fire up on this one because as a person who has professionally used Photoshop for many, many years, every time I hear someone say, just get gimp. Have you ever tried to use it? Jesus Christ. It's a toilet, for how sure. Did, how did you describe it, Theo? I, I can't remember. Oh, it was, um, for, it was for, people who, for people who install Linux on their own? <laughs> on their mom's computer, yeah, yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, mom, it's free. And, okay, uh, well,
1: Ubuntu is actually
3: very user-friendly. It's basically yeah. Windows.
1: All right, let's wrap this up. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> uh, um, but on the old Tech Watch segment, um, a cast member has, in fact, been streaming. Streaming online. It's me. Uh, Lucy is now a Twitch streamer.
2: I'm a Twitch streamer. I'm going to be very, very famous, very rich.
1: She's now a, yep. a gamer for pay. Yep. There, uh, no
2: Lucy pay, would you like to tell people where gamer. they can find you. Uh, Lucy XIV, same as my Twitter name, on twitch.tv. Hmm. I still don't understand it. Don't get it. Don't know if yep. I have to get my tits out or something.
3: I mean, I, I, think I don't if you really want,
1: If you want people to like buy you a a, a Nintendo Switch or whatever, you know. Oh, okay. I think
3: getting your tits out, that's a short game though. I think you're better off suggesting mm. that you will get your tits out.
1: Yeah. and never doing oh, it. Drag them getting along
3: the money. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could string someone along for 10 to 20 years easily. If you were just like, next week, and he came along, oh, not this one, but definitely, I think a definitely lot of people would time. keep going
1: a really long mm. time.
2: Ah, thanks for
3: your advice, No it makes ben. me
1: horny, boys. Oh, no. Money. <laughs> yep. Uh... Yeah, so get along with that. If you are like me, you will have to create an actual account just to type boo in just all to harass while me while Lucy is playing. Just
2: to bully me while I'm playing Call of Duty.
1: Yep. Uh, yep, I dropped in briefly for that. Please don't bully me. I'm,
2: I'm very sensitive.
1: Yep. Yeah. So anyway, get along to that if you are into watching um, Lucy shoot people in the back with shotguns on Call of Duty.
2: Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: And that is it, folks. Anybody else got any other announcements? Anything else? Mm, no. Nah. Got nothing. No. No. Nah. <laughs> right. No one's got anything popping off. Uh, please do not vote for the Liberal Party in mm. uh, Queensland. Don't do that. Uh, also, hopefully, we'll have the results of um, marriage of equality the postal when survey
2: when this comes On out. On Wednesday. On Wednesday. Mm. Yep.
1: Uh, very soon. So, I really, really hope that the next episode that we record will just be able to do a whole lot of very gay gloating.
3: Should we take uh, bets on what everyone thinks the result's going to be? Uh, uh,
1: I'm... I'm uh, yeah, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to jinx gonna it go and say yes. I'm going to go 69% yes. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, 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 I'll
2: agree. Yep. 69% yes seems reasonable.
1: Are we all going all in here?
3: Well, it's pretty close okay. to what my estimate was going to be, actually. Uh, my gut feeling... Is that it's going to be, yes, but worse than people think.
0: Yeah. So probably around 65. Because nothing good can ever happen.
3: Yeah. And so then we're going to have to deal with conservatives for the rest of our lives being like, well, 35% of the country don't agree with your cultural Marxist view of marriage, (laughs) your homos. So I reckon Mm, 65, 35. percent
1: of the country can suck on these nuts. (laughs) Oh, can they? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's quite interesting. Hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be that 35% of the country. Uh, Anyway. So, folks, uh, get along to the old Patreon if you would like to support the show. For five bucks, it's less than a beer. It's less than one beer a month. Depends what size of beer you You get. Well, come on. If you get, like, a pot. What?
3: You get a pot for, like, four bucks.
1: Yeah. Well, things really are cheaper in Brisbane. Jeez. It's a miracle city. All you got to put up with is uh, 33% swings to one nation. <laughs> what is happening in your house right now? Doesn't matter. Just <laughs> yeah, what's going on in there? Finish this episode. <laughs> all right, folks, we're gonna leave it there. Uh, we love you all very much. Big kisses to everyone. Bye bye. Bye. He is.